Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. I also happen to be the only person Richard Harris authorised to write his biography, which he did in May 1989 and recently, in November 2022, to be exact, I published the book. A little belatedly, some might say, including myself. It's called Richard Harris Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven, a title that feeds into his public image as a hellraiser and then attempts to subvert it in an instant by claiming that apart from raising hell, the man actually was reaching for heaven, particularly towards the end of his life. But that's a subject I addressed in another podcast about the book. And this one, I want to focus on what brought us together at an intrinsic level, namely troubled relationships we each had with our fathers. Yes, I'm afraid it's that old Irish story again, conflict between fathers and sons. Although, to be fair to us paddies, it's a theme that has been prevalent in literature since time began. But my point in saying all this is that in 2016, when Richard's son, Jared, introduced me and my multimedia stage show, Richard Harris Revisited, at the International Richard Harris Film Festival in Limerick, he said, truthfully as it transpires, that I'm the only journalist his father ever opened up to. Jared then went on to suggest he believed his dad did so partly because I asked him about his poetry, and that is true, to a degree. But there is a more subterranean dimension to all this. I also related at the deepest possible level, even to a degree that I did not understand at first, to Harris's poetry, particularly his poem, on the one-day dead face of my father. In the section of the book I read for this podcast, I describe what happened the first night I heard the poem. Writing this chapter, I feel like Rod Taylor in the original and best movie version of The Time Machine. So, let's set the date at the 9th of July, 1972, and flashback in time. It's Sunday tea time. I can't believe that tonight I will actually see live on stage Richard Harris. I walk into the living room and see Dad sitting beside his hi-fi cabinet. I bought the tickets for us. I hope he's ready to go. Dad is reading the Sunday Times. I say, you ready? He puts down the paper, pauses and says, why don't you fuck off and go by yourself? Now get out of my sight. My heart hits the floor. I can't move. I know that Dad thinks that he and I don't have as many heart-to-heart conversations since I met Frida. And I know he's right. That's why I bought these tickets. He shouts, Are you deaf? I said, Get out of my fucking sight. Now it's an hour later. The lights in the Gaiety Theatre fade to semi-darkness. I hear Harris say, I am the sea, singing songs from the depth to empty vessels floating on my head. I haven't a clue what that means, but I love the drama of it all, and it suits my mood. The light rises again. The Phil Coulter Orchestra plays the theme from Camelot. I see on stage a movie screen showing the final scene from the film. King Arthur is holding his sword high after he roared at Tom of Warwick, Run, boy, run, behind the lines. Oh, run, my boy. King Arthur disappears. And there's Richard Harris. Whoa. He's wearing a navy blue suit, pale blue shirt and dark tie. His hair and beard are reddish brown. He smiles. Some people gasp 
as if they too can't really believe that this is Richard Harris in the flesh. I wonder if old people in the audience remember the last time Richard performed on this stage in 1959, when maybe that same curtain was brought down on a production of The Ginger Man. Is that memory making Richard Harris smile? Either way, the tingling feeling I get in my shoulders at times like this makes me realise I don't feel sad about Dad anymore. I'm happy to be here. Now Harris is singing How to Handle a Woman. But something's wrong. Coulter's orchestra, made up of 30 members of the Orte Orchestra and a rhythm section from the UK, as it says in the programme I bought, is no match for the majestic Warner Brothers Orchestra conducted by Alfred Newman on the LP I own. Now Richard is reciting the This is the Time of King Arthur speech. I know every word because I secretly taped Camelot in the Forum Cinema. I love this speech so much. But wait a second. What's this? Harris, backed mostly by the blasted rhythm section that is all brass and no sensitivity to his voice, is belting out a fucking Broadway tune called Open a New Window? It closes a door in my mind. Sinatra Richard Harris is not. Nor is he Bobby Darren. Now he's bellowing out another Broadway tune, It's Today, and the orchestra is hitting as many bum notes as he is. Harris shouts at Coulter, Hold it, hold it, hold it. I thank God. Coulter says, Eight bars, okay? I wonder if he's referring to the eight bars they probably visited in Dublin before the show. Thank you for coming, Richard says. We almost didn't make it. We were flying from London to Dublin two nights ago to get her to rehearse. It was a Nerlingus flight, one of those new 737 two-engine planes. We were about 15 minutes in the air and one engine broke right kaput. So they didn't know where they were going to land. They were hovering between Dublin and going on to Limerick, right? The mention of Limerick leads to loud applause. I wonder if the Harris family is here. I almost made it there. Harris, come home. But I thought, my God, I'm not going to make it to Dublin. The last time I was here on this very stage, they dropped the curtain after three days, and I thought, this time, they're not going to let me land at all. So anyway, I sent a little note to the pilot of the plane and said, Dear pilot, the critics have been trying to kill me for 15 years now, and there's no way Erlingus is going to do it. Coulter counts. One, two, three, four, and they're off again. Richard finishes bellowing its today and does a third Broadway tune, Don't Rain on My Parade. Barbara Streisand, he is not, and this is not what I expected Richard Harris in concert to be. I hate admitting it, but I'm disappointed. Yet then, right on time, the orchestra plays the prelude from A Tramp Shining, mercifully minus the rhythm section, and Richard sings, didn't we? This is what I came to see, and here. During the orchestral break, he sits on the side of the stage and loosens his tie. And there he stays while singing, Here's That Rainy Day, accompanied by only acoustic guitar. It almost works. But in comparison with Sinatra's version, Richard gets nowhere near the soul of the song. After he finishes singing, he jokes about his voice. Someone in New York said in a review of this show that my voice was like an elevator going up from one floor to another but never quite getting there. The movie screen descends again. He shows movie clips that went wrong, 
like when his wig fell off during A Man in the Wilderness. It's great fun, like a family gathering. Then the screen disappears. The orchestra is silent. Richard picks up a manuscript. The light's dim. He says, I'd like to read a few of my poems. The first is called On the One Day Dead Face of My Father. I went to England, and one time I came back, and he had died. Richard reads the poem. His voice is sad, solemn, and darker than it has been all night. I close my eyes and listen to every syllable. Suddenly, Phil Coulter plays the opening notes from the song Father and Son on the piano. I shiver and say out loud, Oh God. Richard reaches the end of the poem. I burst out crying. I can't believe what has happened. While Harris was saying what sounded like a prayer to his father's corpse, I saw my father dead. I know this is a premonition, even if dad is only 44 and not even ill. Maybe it's a sign from God. Either way, as Richard Harris sings Father and Son, I decide that when I get home tonight, I will try even harder for this father and son while there is still time. Richard finishes singing the song. The applause is louder than it has been all night. Richard stands smiling. No, he's beaming, as if this was his favourite part of the show. OK, that's what happened one evening in 1972. And now, like me, I bet you won't believe what happened nearly 30 years later in 2001 when I interviewed Richard and I got him to recite for me that poem. No, but then you also did, and this is what I found very moving on the night, and that's why I want to play it on the show. Uh, when I saw you in the game, Richard Harris, you did um, a poem about your father, which segued straight into Father and Son. Oh, yeah. And it was a very moving link, and yeah. it was a very moving poem, and you then went on to record the poem on the album. I did, yeah. So would you talk us into this? This was, this was when you were, uh, you were away, and you got the news that your father had dead and right. died, and you, well, you, you flew home. Yeah, I just came back from doing um, Newton on the Bounty just came back and I was away like for a year uh, in fact I had a, an eight month old son I'd never seen Jared then I, then I came back and I heard that um, my brother called me said well at first he called me and he said when are you going to come back I haven't seen you for a while I said yeah I'll, I'll come over shortly and then two days after that and my brother called me said he had died okay. Jimmy my elder brother called right. me said he had died so I flew back alright okay but you got back in time was it just after the funeral? Or? Oh, no, no, no. I got back straight away, and he was he was lying in the bed. All right. He was he hadn't been uh, coffined yet. Or not. Yeah, he was still lying in my bed, strangely enough. This is used to be my tubercular bed. It's when I used to lie with tuberculosis. Right, okay. And he was in that room. Okay. And when did you write the poem, then? On the day or months or months later? I think afterwards. It's in re I think it's it's here. So it's, the date would be here. It's, I think it says, is it 68? No, is it? On the one day that dressed my father. So that was uh, page 45, here we're coming up, and written in 1968. So that would be six years later. Yeah, because you did Bounty in 62, yeah. wasn't 62, it? 62, yeah. All right. It was actually 60. Was it? Yeah. Well, probably started in 60 and ended well, in 62. It took 13 months to shoot, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, so this is it. He was lying on my bed, as I, as I described it. Okay, can you touch me now with your marble lips? And increase your love. I remember actually when I kissed him, it was marble. The face was had turned to marble, obviously. I'll do it again. 
Can you touch me now with your marble lips and increase your love? Can you now touch me with your dead hand and direct me in my path? Now can you see me in your dead and say what is right? Though you know the answer now, now in your stillness pave the way of my doing. Cold thoughts in your give creep away and stay in your marble walk and cold tombstone of your stare. Rise now above your mound and wound and see your sun in your eye. Touch again the fond fountain of his flow and grow in the dead and deadly of your going. Can the paint and corrupt of your image color the size of my want? Can your star in its mighty walk balk my evolution in its stride? Guide me now in your silence. Cough up one silent prayer and stare at me again and see the woven fabric of your doing bent his knee and plea in the tired optic of your stare a prayer of acceptance. Farther in your mound and farther away I stay at marble length and cry hoping that by and by in your height I may grow in your marble sight. Sorry, I have to cry. It's okay, Richard. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Okay. The emotion was clearly real. It stopped everything. You go back to it again, yeah? Yeah, but Richard, I mean, think of your own children. No one ever forgets <clears throat> that the face of the father has a corpse. If they have to go in and kiss the lips... You know, that image I locks so. itself in your psyche. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You never, ever, ever, ever get to know that. So, all right. Um, so, just tell me to come out of the poem. Right. Do, do, do you feel, Richard, that you, re you read that poem there and clearly you still feel a lot of the feelings that you felt when yeah, you composed it? Back. Do you feel that you finally got the prayer uh, that he finally, you, he has acknowledged you, that he has fully accepted you? The, I find it um I find it difficult. I find that very I find that relationship with uh my parents difficult still even at 70. I I keep sort of I keep sort of combating myself. You know, one day I'll say yes, it's, uh, I I misread it or I misinterpreted it or whatever. And, uh, and then the next day I say no, I didn't. Hi, Judge Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And if you want to read some of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. The book, Richard Harris, Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven, is nearly sold out in its first run hardback print edition, although it will be published in paperback later this year. It's also available as an ebook from websites such as Amazon. Thanks again.